you know, I feel like I failed those tests a couple of times, but I, I know that God is just like, he sees me. He goes, I know, but you still, you're still going to proclaim me. Mm-hmm. You're still going to run to me. Cause you know that when you found out about the name of Jesus, about who he was and what he did, that's it. He is the reason that changed everything. That, that, that's it. There's the, he's the only common denominator. Welcome to The Brave Place, where we journey into the lives of brave men and women who have beat the odds or who are in the trenches right now. Difference makers who have truly discovered the warrior that lives within and are living it out. This is the place that will inspire, encourage, enlighten, and challenge that brave person that lives deep down within all of us. Welcome back to another episode of The Brave Place. I'm your host, Christy Rodriguez, and we're hanging out with the one and only. I'm a huge fan. You may know him by his hit song, Who I Am, the one and only, the myth, the man, the legend, Ben Fuller. Praise God. <laughs> ben, thank you for hanging out with us today. Thank you for having me. This is this is beautiful. What well, a, What a day. It is a day, and there's no other place I just think you belong other than the brave place, this podcast. Now you come from a background of addiction. Um, You've been through some pretty hard stuff, even almost committed suicide. Mm -hmm. And so we want to dive into the deep hard stuff. I know you don't have a lot of time today and we want to maximize our time because your story is powerful and I think it will really impact a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So let's just get started there. So tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah. So I grew up in Vermont. Um, My dad was a dairy farmer and I was the only son. So work was hard. You know, that's where I I got my work ethic from. And um, Vermont being 2% Christian, church was not a thing for us. We didn't go to church. For so long, I didn't know the name of Jesus. And the name of Jesus had been simply just a swear word for years and years and years. And um, again, it's something that I've come to really forgive my dad and just in the fact that he didn't know any different. Mm -hmm. Like this is the way that he was raised by my grandparents. So, yeah, 16 years old. I mean, again, of trying my whole life, 16 was the year that um, I had finally just like given up. And um, I had reached several places with my dad where I was just like, he doesn't love me. I'm not wanted. There was just a lot of stress and a lot of pressure that his dad put on him. And then he would put the same on me. So things like the silent treatment, things like two weeks of silent treatment. There's nothing worse than meeting your dad in a place of wanting to know an answer or wanting to get forgiveness or wanting to have something. And he doesn't answer. And it's like, and he shrugged you off. And it's just like, don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Don't anything. And then you just go. And then, but that was the way that he was treated. So time and time again, it just, it happened. And that wears on a young boy that hurts. Um, and so again, this is something that now that, um, Jesus has come into my life and changed the way that I think and the way that I look, I don't blame my dad whatsoever for anything. And I've forgiven him for the way that he's the way that he knew how to treat me. And that, that was just it. It That's that's the way that he was raised. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I think loneliness and I think having no source, no outlet of how do I get this pain and build up out, out, out of me. Um, and so I, I just remember the pressure inside of me. I was like a, like just an old tea kettle, you know, and it just was so many times. I, I remember when I was a kid punching holes through my bedroom door and my mom, uh, my mom, bless her. You know, she's just amazing, but she would cover the holes up with posters 
mm. you know, when I was at school mm-hmm. and I'd come home and there'd be a fresh, you know, poster hung on the, on my door. And it was like nothing ever happened. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I never got mad. And it was like, there was never a hole, you know? And so these band-aids that we put on things was just the way that we knew how to deal, you know, the way my family knew how to deal with it. Yeah. So it, it honestly was really, it was really tough not having an outlet, not having that peace mm-hmm. and, and a source. And again, I think the, the misconception was I held it together on the outside. Captain of the football team. I had all these things. I dated the cutest girls in school. You know, I had all these things going for me. And it was like, hey, Ben's doing so great. But on the inside, I was a wreck. Nothing was good. So yeah, 16 years old, I, I you know put a gun in my mouth. And I thought that that was the answer. And um, I came real close to pulling the trigger. Didn't know the Lord at that point. Had no idea. But um, I saw... What I saw was my life flash before my eyes and I got to see how long the funeral line was. I got to see my mom find me. I got to see all these people that were upset that I wasn't here anymore. And I, I honestly, I couldn't do it. Did you cry out to God or who you thought might be mm-hmm. God? Cause you didn't have a relationship with God, but yeah. he, he clearly gave you kind of a vision of yeah. what would happen. So yeah. did you cry out to God and, and, and then you got that vision or. You know, it's crazy. I know. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and I honestly remember just being so honestly still and quiet in that moment and being like, is this really what I'm going to, is this, am I going to do this? And, and it was in that quiet and it was in the stillness of that, that I saw all of it, Mm. you know, and it's, and it's also, it's also so prophetic in the way that I look at things, the way that I operate now. I I mean, Jesus had to steal away, right. And go, Mm -hmm. go get quiet time Mm -hmm. with his father in heaven. And so many times I have to do that now. And that's where he speaks to me the most. Mm -hmm. And so I believe in that desperation, that quiet, silent desperation that I had. I was crying out to him inside. Mm -hmm. And and I wasn't necessarily, I had, I had to be honest with you, screamed out so many times before that I'd cut myself to, to metal music and, you know, crazy stuff. And it's just like, and I had already, all the crying on the outside was gone. You know, my heart was crying out. Mm-hmm. Not my voice, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm loud. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always loud. Mm-hmm. I've always been a loud person. And so <laughs> it, it's, it, my heart was being loud in that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So after that? Directly after that, the struggles had started again. I had found cocaine and alcohol, been introduced to that, sex, all the things mm-hmm. to try to fill all the voids. So I ran for 14 and a half years, used and lied and cheated and just was always this one question kept coming up and it was like, is this it? You know, like, have I found it? Have I, have I found this thing that I'm looking for? You know? And the answer was no. Searching mm-hmm. for something more. Are you playing music during that time? Not really. I mean, I just a little bit here and there cover songs. I picked up guitar in college, mm-hmm. um, in 2007 mm-hmm. and, uh, realized that I could get a whole lot of girls with a guitar and, and my voice around campfires. <laughs> and so honestly, that's the way that it, that's the, what it, what it was. That's all it meant to me. Uh-huh. I would make fun songs up and we'd all just dance and laugh. Did you ever think, Hey, I'm, I'm pretty awesome at this. Maybe I have a gift here. Like, did uh, that lot, ever cross your mind? I, I didn't know. I mean, a lot of people told me, you know, I, I would hear from a lot of people about it. Um, just like, Hey man, you're really good. Or, you know, Hey, that, you know, you should do this. You should put a video online or you should, you know, do something. You should try out for American Idol. I hear that all the time. And I was like, yeah, you know, I don't, the voice or something. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it never really was a dream of mine. I will say that again, the, the music transported me from a place that I didn't want to be in to a place that I wanted to be in. 
And I would find myself singing along with the radio. And I remember if I could sound like whoever was on the radio, I could be on the radio, Mm. you know? So it was like, I could almost drown out their voice and be like, and it was almost like I was on the radio. And so I remember kind of dreaming that a few times, but it never, it was never like, I want to be a big, you know, I I don't know. Yeah. I, I always, I always, it was always there. It was always a little bit of a dream, but it was never like, this is the dream. I have to go do this. Right. It was just kind of like that little thought in the back of yeah, your head, like, yeah. man, that would be pretty cool. It would be or pretty Could cool. it be? Yeah. Kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. And again, I had this secret addiction my whole life, but I was a functioning addict and I was a stonemason. I could go back to work. I was doing 60 hours a week. Right. So I was holding it all together. Wow. I was fine. So you thought, right. So I thought, and, yeah. and, and I think the thing is I would never want to associate with an addict because addicts are bad people. So it's like, I'm, I don't have an addiction problem at all. I just drank. And I can use. And it's and, not costing you your job no. or, or anything like that. So no. I feel like in, in addiction, in that scene as well, I, I come from addiction. But as long as you can carry on your job, we have this or this thought in our head, well, we don't have a problem. Mm-hmm. We're just having fun over here, having this temporary relief. But at the end of the day, that's the reason you have a problem is because yeah. you're, you're going to that. But, yeah. well, let's, let's move to where you encounter Jesus. I mean, yeah. you went from that guy to the guy I'm sitting here with. Yeah. So how did that happen? It's crazy. Um, I, so I started playing music, started playing covers out in front of people, had some friends kind of help me get it all together. And it grew. It started growing pretty fast. Bars and restaurants wanted me. What they didn't see was I was drunk driving home mm. from every one of them. And again, um, I know a little bit about your story, but it's just like, I don't know how. I don't know how I'm still alive, to be honest, or like how I didn't kill somebody or I don't know how. Like Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> yeah, literally. L- literally yeah. was in my passenger seat yeah. the whole time when yeah. I was driving. There's no other explanation for it because I should not be here um, given some of those nights that I, that were just ridiculous. But 2018 rolls around all of a sudden I have, you know, I had been playing new England some and got my name out there. And and I started hearing Ben's got to go to Nashville. You got to go, you got to go. And so I moved in 2018. Um, I I had a house for two years. I sold my house in the fall of 2018. It sold in one day. The woman that bought it was from Nashville, Tennessee. Wow. There was a lot of things that started happening. That was kind of like, Oh, that's a coincidence. Oh, that's a coincidence. And so I sold what I couldn't take with me. I packed what I could and I moved down there. Just and, by uh, yourself. Yep. Yep. And I uh, left the job. I landscape, worked for a landscape company, landscape architect for most of my adult life. And uh, I was a stonemason. So um, that's what I did. And I love building stone walls and patios and walkways and stuff. And so I gave that job up and I said, I'm going. And, you know, I think there was always some chuckling and sort of like, yeah, okay. You know, Ben's going to go move to Nashville and be a big, mm-hmm. you know, country guy. And uh, so I started playing at Tootsie's. I got a job right on Broadway. And uh, within the first week that I was there. Wow. And uh, I started lugging my guitar downtown every day. I played at 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., four hour shifts for $10 an hour. Wow. And uh, this was 2018. Yeah. So that's not long ago. No, no. $10 an hour. No, it was awful. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and I honestly, we're playing just for tips, you know, and that's just like all yeah. the songs go, you know, you're playing, playing for tips on Broadway. So I would find myself again driving home from there. Um, and I'm a morning guy. So I'd play the 10, 10 a.m. shift. Drinking and live music starts at 10 a.m. on Broadway every single day, seven days a week. Wow. And uh, so I would play down there and I played there for a whole year. And again, that question, is this it? Is this it? And I was and I was so empty and I'm like, what is going on? You know, and uh, I was driving home fall 2019, one year after I moved there. 
I was driving home and I got a phone call from a family from Vermont and uh, I'd worked with their son for a little bit and, um, and I recognized them and, and they just said, Hey Ben, we're sorry we haven't called you yet, but we're in Nashville and uh, we moved here a year ago and um, we want to let you know that we'd love to have you come over for dinner if, if you would. And I said, sure, you know, like, I guess, you know, and I knew them a little bit enough to say yes, where I was like, oh, it'd be fun to see you guys. And you're from three towns over from yeah. me. And so um, I went over there. Um, it was a Saturday night. And uh, they asked me at the end of this beautiful meal if I would go to church with them in the morning. And uh, I said yes with my mouth full, you know, and it was like I owed them something because they had just given me something. Right. It's that mentality. Of, right. Well, I mean, know, I, I would think over, I mean, how old were 36. you? Okay, I'm 36 so at, now. Okay. So at that time you were 34, 30, 33. Yeah. 33. Okay. So at that time, I mean, 33 years, someone mm-hmm. I would think had talked to you a little bit about Jesus or yeah. had said, Hey, you yeah. should come to church with us. Mm-hmm. So all of those times you were like, no, yeah. I'm not interested. Yeah. So it was basically, what was it about this moment? You felt like you owed him and, and you cared about him? Yeah. And I think God, I think really, really thinking back, I mean, I um, I had been to church on Easter and Christmas and, you know, I had done some church things. It was always like I step in. It was in the middle of a thing. There was some scripture read. It was real. It was just real stern and kind of structured. And, and it was sort of like, it's just, I don't really know. I was a lot of yawning. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, I'm not sure what this yeah. amazing yeah. grace, right. how right. sweet. You know, and I'm like, what is this? I don't yeah. know. It's not mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. They don't get me. Yeah. This moment, God knew that I was just tired mm-hmm. and I just was done running. I think I knew and he knew, both of us knew that we're just in this place of saying yes, because I just was, was so sick of the life that I was living. Mm-hmm. So I said, I said, Sure. You know, what, what's it going to hurt? And um, there was just something about that moment, something about the, the Davenport family, something about their children and just them. You know, it was Jesus it used used them mightily. The spirit used them mightily to to just convince right in that moment. I was like, I didn't even think twice. I just remember saying, sure. So that next morning, it was nine o'clock and uh, we went to Church of the City, Franklin, Tennessee, 2000 people. Mm-hmm. And um, we dropped off their daughter, Nora, in Kids City. Eight hundred children, and in it should be called city. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm and I'm going. I'm, I'm going. What is this place? You uh-huh. know, there are kids everywhere, and and people, but people are shiny. Mm. They're smiling. They're they're glowing. They're looking at me. Everybody's beautiful. Men, women, children. Everybody's beautiful. And I'm just going, whoa. What is this place? And I just remember walking through the hallways. And then down the stairs and down the down the stairs again and then more hallways and more stairs. And I'm like, where am I going? The building's huge. And I was just like, what is happening? And then I remember there was this moment where everything just stopped and I heard the music mm. and I felt the vibration of the bass of the music. And I just I heard it and I felt it. And I was like, I need to see what this is. And I remember looking down the hallway and I could see the auditorium doors. And I remember leaving the family that I was with and just being like, I just need to, I'm just going to hold on. I'm just going to go in there. Mm -hmm. And I walked in and I stood in the aisle and everybody's hands were up. And I remember that feeling and hearing and knowing that I'm going to sing this music for the rest of my life. Wow. And I had no idea 
how or what or when, but it was like this music, this is it. Mm. This is the it that I've been looking for my whole life. And I said, take away these things that plague me, the cocaine, the sex, the alcohol, all these things, take it all away because I'm just done with it. And it was a matter of two months. And um, I kept going back to church and my 17 beers a night went from 12 to 10 to 8 to 2. To, I don't like to taste alcohol anymore. No more cocaine. I start feeling guilty about sleeping with girls. I stopped doing that. I honestly feel like I'm trying to lie, but I can't. Yeah. I'm almost trying to like this, this old man is fighting with this new man. And it's the imagery of the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other, oh, you know, yeah. where they're like oh, looking yeah. at each other, like, no, 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 listen to me. No, listen to me. No. <laughs> yeah. And I'm fighting myself mm-hmm. over this stuff, but I know what's right. Yeah. You've encountered the truth. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I knew what I shouldn't do anymore and what I should do. My whole life changed. My writing changed everything about it. I started writing about Jesus and light and love and all these things. And it was like, what am I doing? And so I think that's that was one of the hardest things for me is going home to a place of 2% Christian for my friends who were cheering me on to sing about back roads and beer drinking and beautiful women. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they're like, what is this church been? <laughs> and I had and I had a group of, I had a group of friends try to try to they really they went around in a circle and told me what they didn't like about what I was doing. Wow. And it was almost like I was in the middle of a firing squad. And um, they did not like church Ben. Right. But so, I think what I was was a mirror and I was a walking mirror and I was holding this mirror up and they were seeing themselves and going, Ooh, I need to stop drinking some, Ooh, I need to stop sleeping around. Ooh, mm-hmm. I need to stop doing, you know? And so they would see these things. Mm-hmm. I was showing up with the Holy spirit and they're like, who the heck is this? And who'd you bring with you? Mm-hmm. So it was then that I realized that, that this thing is so real and so powerful that people were trying to get me to change. It's so funny as I found this wonderful thing and all of a sudden it's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. But I knew the truth inside of me. And um, God sent, started sending amazing people my way. And, and he started using amazing people that were already in my path, like Taylor, my guitar player, who, you know, had been with me since the beginning. And since I moved to Nashville and he moved from Missouri and he got to see the old Ben. But also, you know, he was one of the ones that had told me a little bit about Jesus or I'd catch him reading his Bible. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is this old tattered, worn out thing you keep reading every night? You know, so there's little things mm-hmm. that I honestly did subconsciously kind of shoved down that came all came right. back up. Yeah. So he started using people that he put in my path. Right. Those seeds, right? Exactly. Uh-huh. My best friend, Paul, who worked for the landscape company that I worked for my whole life. Paul was a believer and secretly praying for me while I worked with him. Not once did he tell me to quit or stop doing what I was doing or stop swearing or Mm -hmm. anything. He showed me the gospel. He showed me Jesus. And those people started popping up and saying, I've been praying for you your whole life. I love you. I'm Mm -hmm. proud of you. Look at what God has done. And look at the encouragement Mm -hmm. that the others all of a sudden is just like. And that's why the power of prayer is so amazing. And so I'm sitting here with you three years seven months and 22 days clean and sober and celibate and holding on to the promise of God and here to testify that the power of prayer is real and that he's listening. And he had to put me through all these things, right? He let me go through all these things. And I felt like Job a lot where, where I get handed over, you know, and it says, Oh, have you considered my good and faithful servant, Ben? And all of a sudden the devil goes, no, I haven't, but I'd like to, let me see that guy. 
oh, he, I got him with this. I got him with this. I got him with this. And so now all of a sudden, you know, I feel like I failed those tests a couple of times, but I, I know that God is just like, he sees me and he goes, I know, but you still, you're still going to proclaim me. Mm-hmm. You're still going to run to me. Cause you know that when you found out about the name of Jesus, about who he was and what he did, that's it. He is the reason that changed everything that, that that's it. There's the, he's the only common denominator, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and what I love about what you said too is, I mean, it, it's not even about walking it perfectly. It's like now, even when you do, you know, struggle or anything, you know that he's the one you run to and yeah. it's no longer the addictions, yeah. you know, and not that we can't stumble, but for, from now on, you know, he's the one, he's yeah. the answer. Yeah. And even if you wanted to run back, you could. Yeah. And but chances are now that you know what you know, you'd yeah. still come back yeah, to amen. Jesus. And amen. so that's what's so amazing. And what's so cool is how quickly God has done so much in your life just in three years. Yeah. Right. Just the multiplication. So yeah. you look at you've got 14 years of running, really yeah. running Ben's race. It was Ben's race. You're doing your own thing. Yeah. And then you hand it over to Jesus. And then three years, tell me about these past three years, living for God, the surrender, what he's done in you and how that's changed your life. Um, You know, I just keep thinking about all these things will be added unto you. (laughs) It's just like once I started believing and once I started saying, giving all the glory uh, is when all these doors just started opening. It just was one good thing after another, after another, after another, after trial, after trial, but after victory, after victory. And so it's it's honestly been hard to believe. And I've been in this pinch me thing kind of state of like, it's just really, you know, as as the Christian side of Sony shows up and then they're like, hey, we love you and you're going to change a lot of lives. So would you sign here on the dotted line to Zach Williams calling and being like, will you go on tour with me to casting crowns calling and just just getting off a 30 city tour with with the, with one of the most incredible Christian bands in 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 the whole world. And, and it's like, wait a minute, what do you, what happened in three years? And so it's like, I'm here to do that because I'm just going to boast and brag on the Lord. Yeah. And that's it. Like that's, mm-hmm. he's changed. He's, he's done it all. And so he knew that I would give him all the credit and all the glory in hopes. Like Paul said, be all things to all people, mm-hmm. you know, and hopes yeah. to save some. And so that's why I'm going to continue telling my story everywhere I go. And, um, and, and in hopes that it inspires somebody to let him in and -hmm. say yes, because that's when everything changed for me. Mm -hmm. Last question. Just tell me about this song, Who I Am. Yeah. And it's just, it's a powerful song. Yeah. With every song, we say, hey, Lord, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? I don't, I'm nothing. I, I know what I was before you. So will you, will you speak? Will you sing? Will you talk? And he gave me those lyrics and it's like, I'm a child of the most high God and the most high God is for me. And all of a sudden I just started, I remember writing that song and the, the piano melody came and all of a sudden these lyrics started coming. I, I couldn't, I'm kind of old school. So I like to write sometimes on a, on a, on a pad of paper. And so I started writing all these lyrics down and they just started coming so fast. But I believe that God knew I would need an anthem to fall back on, to just declare that I'm a child of the most high God, to say it. And honestly, it's, it's a really cool experience, and, and we as a band have been experiencing people singing it back to us every night, which is which is cool if you took the glory for yourself. You know, it'd be cool because it's like, oh, we wrote those words and we did that, you know. But it's like, they honestly remind me 
I can sing it a billion times. You ever, you ever, you ever figure, you ever find that like you can announce it yourself a bunch, but I believe that God gave me that song. And the more and more I see it and realize it to hear them sing it back to me. So that way I can recognize that I'm a child. Of That's it, right. It, it, to it, remind it, you, they're right? praying over me. Yeah. It's powerful. It is powerful. And, and mm-hmm. I, and I, I receive that and mm-hmm. I receive those words every night. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's honestly, now that I think about it here, it's so, it's so cool how he knew I would need, <laughs> he knew I would need that from all these stages and all these places and stuff to hear, to see that little girl singing mm-hmm. it on yeah. her daddy's shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's just praying that over me as I'm, as I'm up there on stage, just for, for yeah. seeing it, you know, it's wow. really cool. That's such a blessing. Yeah. I think too, it's such a depiction of how the Lord, his relationship with us, you know, we yeah. come to him. He sings over us. We sing over him. It's just this back and forth. And so that's what's happening on stage with you. And just, I'm just so grateful how God has taken your story and, and, and for the courage that you've showed just to step up and, and surrender. I mean, so many, and like you come from a background of strong men, right? Um, Physically, you're, you're the, the whole depiction of masculinity. Yeah. You got it going on. Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting here with you. Praise you're strong. God. You're a tall guy. You're tough. All the all the <laughs> qualities, right? But so many yeah. people forget that part mm-hmm. of being truly a strong man is to surrender oh. to the the one and only. That's you it. know, and and with that, you become even stronger Amen. as a man. So you've just stepped into that yeah. so beautifully, and it's just an honor to have you here today. So I appreciate your time. You thanks. Yeah. Thanks for this because. I've also come to realize that, you know, it, it, you talk about surrenderance and obedience and the fact that you're obedient to your job, to your mm. calling mm. helps get this message out, which helps get the gospel out, which helps mm-hmm. get Jesus out even more and makes him famous. You see, it's, it's, it's super cool, but yeah. it takes all of us as the body, mm-hmm. as I'm learning what the body is, because to a new believer, it sounds weird. Yeah. Right. Because it's like, what do you mean the body of Christ? We're all pieces and parts <laughs> of the body. It's weird to think about mm-hmm. But when you look at it, this makes perfect sense because you're helping deliver this message. That's right. That is eternal life. That's it. Amen. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for just your brave story and sitting down with us today. And um, if people want to find you online, what can they do? Yeah, they can go to BenFullerOfficial.com. We have our tour schedule on there. We're going to be super busy this summer. A lot of festivals and um, really, really grateful. And we got some cool... Uh, new things coming for the fall too. We've got an mm-hmm. awesome tour in the works. We're going to be announcing that soon. And then, um, yeah, Ben Fuller on Instagram and, and Facebook. I'm taking a little bit of a hiatus from social media to be present and to just uh, be in the word and uh, to kind of detox from all that stuff right now. So, mm-hmm. but I can promise you to bombard you with funny <laughs> silly, ridiculous videos that uh, are, are hopefully pointing to Christ. Uh, in some way, shape or form when I come back after the month of May. Well, I love it. It's it's just an honor to hang out with you. And thanks for being here. Thank you all for joining us here with Ben Fuller. And if you have any ideas that you want to hear on The Brave Place, you can email me, Christy at KLRC.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-Y at KLRC.com. And until next time, have a brave day. Thanks for listening to The Brave Place, part of the KLRC Podcast Network. 